Blog Talk Radio. Yo, Broken Guard Radio is live on the air. Our drive. I'm on the first hour, so I'm on the hour. This week on Rubber Guard Radio, everybody knows what's going to happen. Alrighty, welcome to the January 8th edition of Rubber Guard Radio. I'm your host, KZ. And on the line, I have my co-host and tag team partner for the evening, Mr. Alex Saint. Hello, Alex. Hey, what's going on? Are we on the? Do we have uh, Arai on the phone? Hey guys, how's it going? Mr. Davari, good evening. Welcome to Rebel Guard Radio. Thanks for having me. Cool, cool. Now I need the the pronunciation of your name. I don't want to disrespect you. Um, it's pronounced Aria. Aria. Okay, cool. Yeah, correct. Right. <clears throat> so you are the younger brother of Sean? Yes, that is correct. Cool. Cool. So how did you break into the business? Well, um, I started training at a place called Midwest Pro Wrestling. It's actually the same place that my brother trained at. It was, he was in a different building at the time. But um, where he trained at, the Midwest Pro Wrestling, was in St. Louis Park, and People like uh, Lacey were there, Austin Aries, uh, Ken Kennedy, all different people he grew up with who are now big on the scene now, he trained with. And Midwest Pro Wrestling kind of switched buildings a few times, and eventually they were in downtown Minneapolis, and that's where I found out about them. And I just went down there myself on my own one day, and I started talking to the trainer, and they just got me going. Okay, well, I've... I've been asked by friends of the show, the Tomasellis, uh, the owners or part owners or whatever you want to call it as far as Elite Pro Wrestling is concerned, they, Vito asked me for you to talk about the Taliban gimmick. What would you like to know about it? <laughs> Explain to our to our listeners who, who haven't caught the Elite TV yet. Okay, well, uh, they just have me, I like to play a character called uh, Prince Arya. And I'm just, you know, you're run-of-the-mill uh, Taliban-looking terrorist guy, and I just come out, you know, I can speak fluent Farsi just like my brother does when he is on TV. And, uh, you know, it's just so, it's such an easy character for me to do. Like, I honestly, like, some people wonder, like, does it bug you to have a character similar like your brother? But, like, it's just, it just comes to me so naturally. So I just think it'd be dumb not to do it. Mm. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, if it's... You know, if uh, whatever, say you you're you're from Africa and you have an African voice, you may as well play an African warrior on TV. It, it's the same right, type exactly. of, you know. It's, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not ripping on anybody or or anything, but so, who was your first match with? Do you do you recall? 
Yes, my first match, I believe, was uh, it was September. I want to say September 26, 2006, and it was uh, actually at First Avenue in downtown Minneapolis, which is actually a really good venue, and uh, there's still a lot of shows there today. Um, Eric Cannon runs his first wrestling there, which I'm going to be tagging with my brother on the 25th of January. But my first match was against another trainee at Midwest Pro Wrestling called the Extreme Assassin Craven Knight. Any memories? Um, wow, that was probably one of the most nervous times I've been in my life, you know. Um, especially because my brother was there, too. He came to watch, and uh, Shelton Benjamin was there also. And they were both kind of hanging out in the back, kind of hiding from everyone. I'm sure they don't really want to be bothered. But I just knowing, those, like, those are the two that are on my mind the most that I knew were watching this match. So they're the ones who could really pick it apart and tell me what was good, what wasn't good. But... I mean, other than being really nervous, I was also very excited. You know, I've been waiting my whole life to finally get in the ring, and when I got to do it, it was just, afterwards, it was just one of the happiest days of my life. How long had you been training before you had your first match? There you go. I had been training for only three months. Ooh. Yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. I know some people train for a couple of years before they even step in front of a live audience, but, I mean, like, I don't want to say that I was... 100% ready. I think I could have been training a little bit longer, but this is one thing that just really clicked with me right off the bat. And it almost felt pretty natural out there, but, you know, practice makes perfect, so I could have maybe been training a little bit longer. Did you continue your training once after you've had your first match? Um, unfortunately, a little bit after that, the uh, Midwest Pro Wrestling shut down. So, as of now, there are no, like, wrestling training schools in Minnesota. Okay. Well, see, you know, back in the day, uh, the the people that would run schools, they would have have uh, the students come in for a year solid. You're gonna put in your year. You're gonna do this. You're gonna do that. I'm not a believer in that. I'm a believer in if you pick it up quickly, and you're you know pretty much ready to go in three months as opposed to a year. See, these guys they want to keep you in the school for a year. They want you to pay tuition for a year. That's bullshit because if if you're ready, and if your trainer feel like you're ready, and by by saying that, you need to be in a match with your trainer. I I, I believe that that uh, your first singles match should always be against your trainer. That's just in my opinion. So that they can let you know that you're ready to go off into the world, and you know, and they're ready to send you. But uh, how long have you been training, Alex? Um, I've been training now five months, and then just real quick, I mean. Uh, I don't want to take away anything from the interview, but I believe that unless you're unless you're working a lot, that I think you should continue training. Because if you even if you get out of uh, if you stop working for a while, then you kind of get rusty. And so I think you need to come back to center and start training again. That's just that's my opinion. Back to the interview. Okay. Oh, uh, Raya, he uh, my co-host Alex Saint has two matches under his belt. So. Oh, cool. He's 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 a baby. <laughs> we, are, we are grooming him, and we're bringing him nice and slow, and we're teaching him the business properly. That's but good. That's very good. good. Okay, so you're you're out of the Minnesota area. Correct. So you've worked in Wisconsin, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, in Milwaukee and Green Bay, mostly, and I also work in uh, Iowa and and a few times in Illinois, and I've gone to Indiana once. Well, you, you mentioned Milwaukee, so we have to mention Milwaukee's best. 
What are your feelings on dysfunction? Dysfunction? Oh, man. The guy is honestly like an older brother to me. Um, he was a very big part of my brother's life. They had many matches together. My brother spent many uh, nights sleeping on his couch. And right off the bat, I'd say about, it was in October. My first match was in September, so in October. From October up until the present day, um, Dysfunction has a company called ICW, Insane Championship Wrestling, and he's been using me every single month since then. And he's been so good to me. You know, every time I'm there, I always go stay at his place. He always has somewhere for me to stay. He's, like I say, he's been an older brother to me. We've wrestled plenty of times. We've we've been tagged for a while, you know. He's just taught me so much, and he's just been so good to me. Yeah, I I, I, I like Dysfunction's work. Um, he you, you mention his name, and you just think independent worker, as opposed to deathmatch guy or or right. Yeah, guy. you know, um, you know, he's well rounded. Yeah, he does. He does all his deathmatch stuff, which like it'd be a shame if that was if that's what they labeled him as because he's an amazing worker. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that that's uh, that's the that's the secret. That's the thing I'm trying to tell Alex is is diversity. Because it, the more diverse in the ring you become, you're able to go work for uh, IW Mid South. You can go work for ICP. You can, you know, go up and and work for Dan Severn's promotion. You can go to different type of type of promotions, and you'll be able to work that style. And uh, I think that's very important. Um, that that's the, the one of the main problems with independent workers nowadays. They all either want to be the deathmatch guy or they want to be Joe with this with the strong style. They don't want to learn right. the business in general. So, tell me about Eric Cannon. Any any Eric Cannon stories? Um, he actually when we first started out when I first started out training, my brother talked to Eric Cannon personally and asked him that if he could be always there at Midwest Pro Wrestling when I was. So he can train me just one on one, but we asked. He asked for a key to the place. Um, the guy who ran this uh, building was named um, Sheriff Johnny Emerald, and he never gave Cannon a key. So Cannon had to come a few times on their time, and he trained me. So he was another person who helped me out in training. And um, now he has his first wrestling. This is a new promotion, but so far it's the biggest one in Minnesota within the past year. And he's been using me regularly. And, um, just like Dysfunction, like Dysfunction, I'd say is like kind of one of my mentors in Milwaukee. Cannon is here in Minnesota. He's been really good to me. Have Have you worked for uh, Danny Daniels, AAW? I have not. Um, a lot of my good friends have, like including Cannon, uh, Ryan Cruz, Darren Corbin, Silas Young, and I've met Danny before. We do some shows in 3XW in Iowa together, but I for working there, I never have. That's your next stop. Yeah, definitely. You know, I hear only good things about his shows. I hear, you know, great crowds, great matches. I love. I would love to work there, but it just hasn't yeah. happened yet. Hopefully, soon enough. Well, I would. I would love to see the Davaris against the Motor City Machine Guns, but that's, you know. Oh yeah, that would be, that'd be great. <laughs> well, I, I mentioned them. What are your feelings on the Machine Guns? Um, I like them. You know. Uh, it's cool to see them doing something different now. Like they had Chris Saban as a heel for a while in TNA, but now that they turned him baby, I'm I'm a big fan of it. I like it. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, well, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to put you over because uh, I spoke to Vito Tomaselli the other day, and he said, I told him I'm going to have you on the show. He says, within one to two years, you'll be with TNA. Wow. Vito said that? Realistic goal? I would, I would love it. That would, it's, I think it's very plausible. I actually set a New Year's uh, resolution for myself that hopefully by the end of the year I can have at least a tryout match with the WWE, TNA, or Ring of Honor. Okay. Well, judging by your, your brother's success for, uh, with WWE, I don't think it would be a problem. Um, as far as size, are you, are you larger than your brother? I am taller than him by, like, half an inch, but for, like, overall mass, he's got me by a good 20, 30 pounds. Okay. Well, how much older is he? He is five years older than me, because I'm 18 oh, and he's 23. I didn't know it was that much of a difference. Wow, dude, you're only yeah. 18? Wow. Yeah. Just yeah, I started training when I was 17. That's cool. That's cool. Um, any any feelings on... um? trying to get into IWA Mid-South for Ian Rotten? Um, you know, I worked, like, I worked for Vito and the Thomas Alley's, um, for Elite Pro, and they had a pretty good in with Ian, and I got it, they did a few combined shows where it was a Elite show first and then an IWA show after, like, they did that for the TPI, which is really cool that I got to be there, and, um, so I, I never actually got to wrestle for IWA officially, but I got to do the Elite show, and Ian was around. A lot of the guys who work at IWA are around. It was in front of a IWA crowd. So it was definitely experience, but I never officially got to work for IWA, which is kind of unfortunate because I really would have liked to. Well, there's there's plenty of time. Um, yeah. They they do have a, a lot of top, younger, up-and-coming. I, I don't want to say up-and-coming just uh, people that just aren't known quite yet, but it is a launch right. pad as far as independent independent com- companies are because um, a lot of a lot of promoters they they accept what Ian does because if Ian says that you can go and you're worth pr- bringing in, that's about as good as an endorsement as you can get on the independent scene. Um, right. Alex, any questions? Uh, growing up, uh, who were you into, and then uh, finally made you decide to start training? I didn't hear the first part of the question. Can you repeat that, please? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, growing up, what wrestlers were you uh, into? What wrestlers were you fans of? Oh, okay. Well, um, you know what? The funny thing is, like, a lot of people who become pro wrestlers have been watched, like, their fathers watch wrestling, they've been watching wrestling since they were babies. Me and my brother started watching wrestling, honestly along with everyone else during the wrestling boom, like, we just became fans around 1998. Like, we, we've done homework, and we went back, and we watched many of tapes and DVDs of all the old stuff, but, like, uh, to be honest, like, we became fans pretty, not too long ago. So, growing up, for me, my biggest fan, uh, the ones I was biggest fans of were the guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, you know. And, you know, I go back, and I see old stuff, and I can appreciate all the other guys, but as for when I was watching it, like, currently on TV, it was, it was those guys, and, uh, and actually, Brock Lesnar was another one who was, uh, well, a huge fan of, from right off the bat, and I know some people think it's kind of funny that, 
these are the guys that aren't really looked at as like, you know, like some indie wrestlers don't look at those guys as maybe the ones who they were like always big fans of. But to me, those are the ones who stuck out to me the most, and that's why they had such a big impact on this business. Mm-hmm. And I just think they're all they're all model employees. That's why I think they were at the top for so long. And then what made you finally uh, decide to get into training? Like, uh, what made you decide that this is what you wanted to do? Well, my my brother, he started training when he was a sophomore in high school. So he was 16 years old at the time, so we were still living together and just watching him. I went to training with him a few times, watched him. I started going to his shows, and I was just sitting there. I remember as a, like, a, I think I was like 10 years old. I was like, wow, I can't wait till I'm old enough to like, finally do this. And then when I turned 17, uh, the summer before my senior year in high school, I finally acted on it and went down to the training school and said, hey, I've been waiting, you know, about seven years for this. I'm ready to start training. Okay. And uh, what's been, uh, if, if you were making a DVD, what would be the, the cornerstone match of the DVD? What's been your favorite match since you started wrestling? My favorite match would probably have to be, at, it was at First Avenue, um, I believe in May. I wrestled Ryan Cruz for uh, First Wrestling, Eric Tan's promotion. And the reason this was one of my favorite matches was uh, I was a bad guy. I was doing the anti-American gimmick. And I came on, I cut a promo that just, I won't go into detail about it, but uh, it just struck a chord with so many fans. You know, just like kind of stuff that Muhammad Hassan did and you saw he got how much heat he got. Well, this is a little more uncensored because Eric Tan said I can say whatever I want because it was an adult show. And the emotion of this match was just, it was just ridiculous. Like, they had to calm a few fans down because they were, thought they were going to start a riot, try to get into the ring and try to actually fight me. You know, I, I had death threats while I was out there in the ring. I could hear people telling me they were going to wait for me in the parking lot and kill me. And to me, it was, I just thought it was great because anytime Ryan Cruz did anything at all, whether it was just a punch or reverse a headlock, you know, the place just erupted and went crazy for him. And finally, when he got the win at the end, just everyone in the building was just on fire. Like it was, it was such an emotional match that it just made it so much better. And um, how, how do you feel about the the heat that you get using the gimmick? Uh, is it something that you you like? Because uh, I mean, I understand it, it may be easier to get heat like that, but I mean, is it something that kind of deep down inside kind of scares you that uh, you get heat based off your nationality? Oh, you know what? To be honest, I I love it because that that that's a character that no matter what will never die. Like they can always do the anti-American Canadian, but when it comes down to you know, some people are like oh, Canadians aren't that bad. You know, like it it doesn't. I don't think the Middle East will ever lose their heat like that. Like they've been doing it since like the '80s or even before, and it's been going strong all the way up until 2007. Like anywhere I go, it's so easy to get heat for it. So it's just so easy. I just have I just have a ball doing it. The mid 1900s, one of the recognized world heavyweight champions was named Ali Baba, and this was in the 40s into the 50s. So they've been doing this. I mean, the I don't want to say racial, but more of the nationalistic type gimmick has always had a place in pro wrestling. Um, it's it's up to the fan to when they walk out the door to. You know, not right. Exactly. You know, and the show. There are those few people who I can, who seem to really take it personally, and they're the ones who tell me they're gonna 
meet me after the show and, you know, beat me up or whatever. But I'd say about 95% of the fans, if I stay out after the show, they'll all come up to me and they, they usually apologize to me. They tell me, they're just like, you know, I didn't mean to echo you so much. I was just trying to you know, be part of the crowd. And I was like, you know, I understand. You don't need to explain to me. Like, it's funny. Like, some people, I do hear that question a lot. I hear that question a lot. Like, does it scare you doing it? And you know what? It doesn't because I, enough of the people understand it's just a show. So people usually don't take it to heart. Has a has a fan ever gotten violent with you after a show? No, I believe the one the one fan it was at that first half match. He it was when I was standing out there waiting for my opponent to come out. I was standing there and he came up to the ring and he had like his hands on the apron like as if he was about to you know hop in the ring. And at the time we it was it was just me the ring announcer and the referee who were both just just so skinny. I was looking at these two. I'm like, okay, these guys aren't going to help me, so i got to be ready. I might have to fight this guy. But eventually, a few other wrestlers came from the back, and they took him aside and calmed him down. Um, but that's all I can think of, you know, other than fans getting into, like, nose-to-nose with me. None of them have actually been violent with me. Okay. Um, we, we all know your brother was uh, with World Wrestling Entertainment, and uh, basically, this is my question. Uh, ribs are a famous part of wrestling. So what's the big, and then with y'all being brothers, I imagine it's worse. What's the biggest rib your brother's ever pulled on you, and what's the biggest rib you've ever pulled on your brother? You know what? We, ever since uh, he asked for his release, we've only done a few shows together. So unfortunately, we have not been traveling that long together. Uh, we've actually only traveled together once so far. So he has yet to pull any rib on me. But a funny story is, um, we just the first show we did together was me, him, and uh, ODB, and uh, my brother went out to the car and he came back and he tossed the keys on the bed in the hotel, and we we were hanging out for a little bit and then we wanted to get going and for the life of us we could not find those keys. We honestly looked for about an hour, and then just finally looking, just we realized we're stupid and there they were and we found them. But at the time, uh, Jeff wasn't in the room, or sorry, ODB wasn't in the room, and uh, my brother's like, I'll right, just pull the rim on her. And we threw the keys in her purse. So when she came back in, we told her, we're like, um, can you just check your purse one more time for us? And she found them, and we just went off on her. We're like, that's not funny. You know, we have a show to get to. Why would you hide the keys from us? And we just made her just feel horrible about it. And then it was about seven or eight hours later, we finally told her, we're like, nah, we threw the keys in there. We're just ripping you. <laughs> so we've never ripped each other, but we have teamed up to rip other people. <laughs> now, there were no ribs pulled before you were in the wrestling business? Uh, no. You know, people have been, thankfully for me, people have been very nice to me, but after probably hearing this, I'm sure people are going to be lining up now just to rib me. <laughs> do you, so, do you have any uh, big shows coming up? Um, yeah, actually, like I said, um, the 20, January 25th, I'm tagging with my brother at First Ave, and to me, that's a pretty big deal to me because um, he used to wrestle there all the time. You know, Sean Devari became kind of a synonymous with first half, and now I, I got to wrestle there a few times in singles matches. So now that we both get to be there together at the same time, I'm just really looking forward to it. What's the biggest piece of advice your brother has given you? The biggest advice? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we... It had to be, it was 
after we worked each other on, it was December 15th for NWA Wisconsin and Green Bay for Jason Jerry. Uh, we wrestled each other. The match went pretty well. I think it could have gone a little bit better. But just after the after the match, you know, we sat down in the locker room and we talked for about a good 45 minutes. And then after that, we packed up, went to the hotel, and we talked for another couple hours. And it was just like... He was just passing on information that he heard from guys up in WWE, and now it's just getting passed down to me. Just like, just small things don't hear. Like you gotta slow down. You gotta, you know. He just he teaches me all the little things that the only way you can learn those is from experience and hearing them from experienced guys like you know the Undertaker, and just telling me all these little tricks of the trade that there's like when you think about them like they're so obvious, but there's no way you would. Noah just figuring it. You couldn't figure it out on your own. Like, someone has to tell you. Like, he, his biggest thing is not to do a lot of big, crazy moves, but he does certain moves, and in the right spot, you just, he gets ridiculous reaction from the crowd. And when we did our match together, you know, it was one of my easiest matches ever, and we had our few big bumps at the end of the match, and we just saved them, and they were just so special that the place just went crazy for him. So it's, it's all the little things like that that he's teaching me that unless you've been in the WWE, I don't think you would know. Would you rather work against your brother or would you rather work with your brother as a tag team? What goes easier for you? Uh, well, tagging definitely was easier, but I think I'll learn a lot more wrestling with against him. So I'm hoping to wrestle him a lot more because that one match we've had together so far was a whole new learning experience. It was... We wrestled a, almost a style that I've never done before. You know, we didn't we didn't really talk anything out at all. Like we just went out there. And I just he just took over the whole match. You know, he told me everything what to do. He gave me my offense. He gave me my defense. He told me everything, and it was just kind of mind boggling. I was like, wow. He just I was just so impressed with the amount of knowledge he has about this business. So I just want to keep wrestling him, and hopefully just get to the same level as him because. That would just be a dream come true for me. Now, what are your what are your feelings on Ken Kennedy? And do you speak to him at all? If you do, I would like for you the next time you talk to him to tell the guy that's a work. He's hurting people. <laughs> what are, what are your opinions on Mr. Kennedy? Kennedy. Ken Kennedy. Um, he actually came to the when I was training. He came to camp once, and he took me one on one, and he taught me a lot that day. Because the thing is, um, you know, he he wrestled with my brother so many, countless times on the indie scene. Mm-hmm. So I, I've known Ken, you know, since I was about 10 years old. He actually, he was uh, roommates with Sean for about a year, I think. So anytime I'd go over there to visit Sean, you know, Ken would be there too. And, you know, I'd like to say that I almost became friends with him. You know, there's a big age difference, so more so acquaintances, I guess. But um, he came to camp once, and he taught me a lot of things like that. One day, he taught me so much, so I have only good things to say about him. He's a very nice guy. Okay. Yeah, he he just he needs to lighten up a little bit, and then I I think he'll, um, he's on his way. He's on his oh, way. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, everything he's getting right now, he totally deserves. Now, he's my pick to win the Rumble, but that's... Yeah, that would, that would be awesome. I would, I would love to. I'd be so happy for Ken. He's a very... Yeah. He's a, such a down-to-earth nice guy, and... Like I said, he just taught me so much. And, and the fact is, he didn't have to do that. You know, he could have just been like, oh, there's Devari's brother or whatever. 
but he personally took me aside and he talked to me. He talked to me in private. There was like 12 other trainees there. He talked to me in private. He told me what's up and everything. And I just, I was so appreciative of that that I couldn't thank him enough. Okay. Alex? Alex, yeah. are you sleeping? Oh, no, no. I'm just... What's that? Okay. Hypothetically speaking, I'm going to run a paid show next month out here in California, and I'm going to have you booked, and I can fly in any independent worker around the world for you to work with. Who would it be? Any independent rest of the entire world. Not counting TNA. Not counting TNA? Right. Um, wow, that's, that's how I run You know what? To be 100% honest, it's going to sound lame, but would, I'd have to pick my brother. Like there you go. I just I'd be strong. I just can't. I can. I I, I if I could work them, you know, every day for the rest of my career, I'd do it. Just because it was just me and him in our house, always growing up together, watching watching wrestling, playing the wrestling video games, had the wrestling toys, the wrestling T-shirts, all the stuff. And I just I remember I used to always think the day I'd get to be in the ring with him, it'd be one of the happiest days of my life, and it was. So that's why I definitely like to do it as much as possible. Okay. Uh, how about, okay, let's say we'll, we'll, we'll change the rules for this game. We'll make it a tag team. You would team with with Sean, and who would who would you like to get in there with as far as tag teams? Oh, tag teams, it could be, I don't know. Um, you know, um, there's Dysfunction and Silas Young. They did Milwaukee's best. And um, I had to be in Mid South, and like I said, any any chance that I get to work Silas or Dis, I'd love to take it. And seeing that he used to Silas and Dis used to work with my brother a lot, just like to me, I love it when it's just your friends. When you're wrestling with your friends, that's just the greatest feeling of all. So having my brother and two of my best friends in this business, like hands down, that'd be probably the match I'd want. What are your feelings on the North Star Express? You've mentioned Ryan Cruz already. Um, they're both great guys, though. I've traveled with them um, many of times to Iowa, and they've been nothing but nice to me. You know, Actually, coming up at this first half show, it's me and my brother against the North Star Express. Oh, cool. Yeah, wow. so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to smacking them around a little bit, but uh, as... As people, personally, they're nice guys, you know. They've always been very nice to me. You know, they've never... You know, some people, when they're the new guys, they kind of get, you know, smacked around a bit, you know, not treated very nicely, but they've always been just very decent guys to me, so there's nothing negative I could say about them. They're just two really nice, really funny guys. Like, they're, 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 those two are beyond entertaining together. Like, they can keep me laughing for hours. Um, have you ever met Gator McGraw? Yes, I actually worked for his company. It was or he, What he used to have, it's not there anymore, it was a Pro Wrestling Rush, which runs out of Mankato, which is where I live now, because that's where I go to college. Which So, for me, that was awesome, because I'd get up, leave my apartment, and I'd be there in about a minute. But... That company, he ended that now, but I worked with them a few times, 
Um, I believe once at First Ave and once for his company. But other than that, you know, he was all at all the shows that he was running, so I've been around him for about a year. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, he's, they, a, he's a nice why guy. Why close shop? Why, why um, close shop? I'm not sure exactly. I believe it might have been some family issues, you know. I think he was just, I think it was he was starting a family, so I don't think okay. he could have a pro wrestling business at that a wife and a brand new baby at home, which is totally understandable, you know. He was, I, I believe he was ready to settle down and start his family, start his actual life. So none of us were, like, sour about it, you know. We totally understood where he was coming from. You know, the only unfortunate thing for me is that it was, like, a minute from my apartment, so that was always a real upside to it. But I believe that's exactly why he decided to stop, just, need to get his family started. Yeah, I'm looking at the some results for the Pro Wrestling Rush, um, the YouTube Madness show. Now, that's a pretty cool idea. Yes, it was. Uh, YouTube television title finals. That's good stuff. That's a pretty good idea. Uh, listen to that, Alex. You need to bring that up to the big wigs down there at um, New Wave Pro Wrestling to, to get an internet champion, and we can air the matches on YouTube and put the promos on rubber card radio but um yeah i'm going i'm going through the results here and it's here's a name that i haven't heard for a while jason strife any dangerous jay um i was just on a show with him this past saturday in uh iowa he's uh i worked with him a few times uh pro wrestling rush and that um 3xw he's a real nice guy you know like you know, I keep saying that about everyone you ask about. I keep telling a nice guy. It's like, I have nothing bad to say about anybody. Like, he's another guy who's been around longer than I have. So when I got in the ring with him, he kind of took control of things, and he taught me some of his knowledge. So I was really appreciative of that. And, I don't know, he's a real nice kid. You know, I'd love to get in the ring with him again. Okay. And especially because especially when I did. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 it's fine. I'm being rude. Uh, I'll just say, because um, when we did get a wrestle, um, I was still pretty new, so there was a lot, you know, there was a lot less I could do in my arsenal, so I'd love to get into it with it uh, today and the present day, because I think we could just tear the house down. Okay, this, this question is for, um, the reason I'm asking it is because the owner of SoCal Pro Wrestling, who's listening, Jeff Dino, Hi, Jeff. We are live on the air, and I know you're listening. So this question is is not requested by him, but it, it involves him. Now, there is a worker out in the Minnesota area named Kid Crazy. Do you have any okay. stories about Crazy? Yes. Um, I know he trained at the Midwest Pro Wrestling in Maple Grove. So that was before I moved to Minneapolis. So he was training before me. Um, I remember... I actually do have one story about him. Cause the one show my my brother did for Midwest Pro Wrestling was at Maple Grove. I remember he was there, and he was in a hair versus hair match against Casanova. And I remember he did an acai moonsault to the outside, and he just came down shins first on the guardrail. And it was one of the most disgusting sounding and looking things I've seen in a long time. And I was I was for sure that both his legs were broken, but he managed to get up and uh, continue on. But um. Oh. 
he was another guy who who start, he came to Minneapolis a few times and he trained me. He did he did a good amount of stuff with me. But I know just not too long ago he moved to Los Angeles because he's he's uh he's very talented and like I believe it's like movie editing and stuff. And that one movie that just came out um called The Fog. I know he did some work for it. So and I know he's wrestling now too. So I mean he's getting the best of both worlds. So you know I supported that 100. percent yeah, that, that's why I brought it up. He's booked to to work for my sponsor's company next month, so I, I kind of wanted to to give Jeff an idea. Um, he kind of he he's going into this kind of blind. He he saw a little bit of footage of Crazy, and he's bringing him in. Um, so I figured, you know, you've you've had some some uh, dealings with him, so I figured, you know, wouldn't yeah, Crazy. Yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, he can. He can definitely deliver the goods. That's cool. That means when uh, when you come down to the L.A. area, you have somewhere to stay, and then we can get you booked on a on a San Diego show. So yeah, definitely, let's do it. I'd love to. <laughs> so uh, you'll you'll let me know, or uh, we'll let the powers that be know when you decide to take a vacation out to San Diego. We'll get you booked. Thank you very much. You there, Alex? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Mr. Fifteen Percent is going to work. So. <laughs> I tend I tend to get my guests booked. So, but um, Alex, do you have any questions? Hello. Hello. hello? You there? You're there, Alex. Yeah, my phone's kind of cutting out. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Araya, you still there? Yep, I'm still here. Okay, cool. All right, technical issues are gone. <laughs> All right. Well. I'm going through I'm going through the results of the Pro Wrestling Rush stuff and you know, we there's some pretty good names here. We've got Eric Cannon. Here's a name from the past up in that area. Horace the Psychopath. Any stories about Horace? Um, Horace, you know what? The I he was at my first match ever and he came up to me actually and told me he goes, Hey, you know, I'm a real good friend of your brothers and I'm really looking forward to your match tonight and at the time, I didn't really know who he was, so, you know, I said, oh, you know, thank you, appreciate that. But then, not too long later, I believe it was just a couple months later, we got to do a road trip together to NWA Wisconsin, and he was just really nice to me. He took care of me, actually. I forgot who I worked that night, but he told me, he was telling me before, he's like, you know, he's like, I understand you're new, and things can happen in the ring, you can mess up, and he's kind of a hothead, so watch out, you know, he might... He might stiff you, and I was like, I was like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. If it happens, it happens. You know, I, I was like, I know my place in the ring. I'm the new guy. If it happens, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna get mad about it. But then later, I found out Horace went and talked to the guy for me, and he even like explained to me, like, hey, you know, I got a little Davari here. He's, you know, brand spanking new. You know, just go easy on him. And you know, like, I didn't, I didn't need him to do that. Like, I never wanted anyone to baby me. Yeah, that's the one thing I was always afraid of, that people were going to try to baby me just because I'm Davari's brother. But it just showed what kind of person he was and that he was really trying to take care of me. And I was just really appreciative of that. Um, any stories as far as... Ow. Excuse me. Jason Dukes is concerned? Jason Dukes, yes. Um, he was actually... The one time I got, I got to go to Indiana was for NWA Pro. It was Hammond, Indiana. Great show. And they had me do, I was just a manager that night, 
and they had me do pretty much the exact same gimmick my brother did on TV. You know, I came out in a suit. I was managing Jason Dukes and uh, got on the mic speaking Farsi, you know, ranting and raving. And uh, he wrestled Eugene, and that was and Eugene's just a great guy. That was an awesome match. And I remember for the end of it, Eugene was all over Jason Dukes, and uh, I hopped up on the apron and I grabbed Eugene's stuffed animal and I ripped his head off. And uh, and wow, I, I got that was one of the most heat I've ever got was ripping this stuffed dog's head off of this poor retarded kid. And uh, he just started crying, and Jason Dukes rolled him up, and we pulled we pulled the fast phone on Eugene, and we got out of there right away. That was a lot of fun. Wow. Um, we see another name that keeps popping up in my head as far as thinking about um, uh, Minnesota independent wrestling, uh, Lenny Lane. Any stories of Lenny? Um, no, I've been on, I've been on a few shows where he was there, but. Um, we didn't talk, like, I didn't, I don't think he, I guess, I think he mentioned something about, you know, asking if I was Sean's brother, but that was the extent of it. He kind of kept to himself that night, and I didn't really know him, so I wasn't going to sit there and bug him. So I don't really have much to say about him. I personally don't really know the guy. I've heard good things about him, but me personally, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Have you seen his work at all? Yeah, I remember I used to watch him. I used to watch him in WCW a lot. You know, I, I remember well, when he came out with the with the gay gimmick, the Lenny, Lenny Lane and Lodi. I remember me and my brother thought that was just hilarious. With the, you know, with the lollipops they had, you know, that stuff was just great. You know, he's he's a lot more than that. He was really, really good. Yeah, he's definitely very talented. Like, and that I think that just showed that he was a talented wrestler, and he could also be that entertaining character that. Sometimes sports entertainment demands for people. You know, you got these great wrestlers, but if they don't have like a character that clicks, you know, they kind of fizzle out, which is unfortunate because that's kind of the sports entertainment side of it. Like you need kind of your niche, and that proves out like that really shows that Lenny can do it all. Um, do you think? Oh, my co-host Alex and I we've been we've been discussing this for for weeks now. Do you think that? There's a possibility that a third company could, you know, pop up and 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 challenge or compete with WWE and TNA. Um, it's a possibility. You know, I think everyone has their eyes on Ring of Honor right now. Those guys are just, you know, they got their pay-per-view deal not too long ago, so they just seem to be another company that's slowly working their way up. So if I if I had to say a third company would come up, I'd pick those guys because. Their their product, like, I've seen a few of their pay-per-views, and the product just looks, you know, amazing. You know, it's beyond any independent show out there. So, if I'd say if any any third company, it would definitely be Ring of Honor. Okay. Okay. Well, we're winding down our segment. Uh, Mr. Davari, I'm going to give you the office to plug anything you need to get plugged. Um, I've... I'd plug anything. I'd say come to First Avenue, January 25th. Me and my brother against the North Star Express. It's going to be an amazing show. You know, most those shows are usually Sunday nights, and we pack the place, and it's rowdy. And this is a Friday night this time, so I can't imagine how great it's going to be. And also, um, Insane Championship Wrestling Dysfunctions Company in Milwaukee. They've been so good to me, so I, I have to mention that they, 
they just put on amazing shows. So those are the two companies I have to say something for. And Elite, I can't say and Elite Pro for Vito, Vito, Sal, and Brandon. Of course. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Mr. Davari. Hopefully the next yes. time we, we have you on, uh, we, can, we can do a little tag team action uh, with your brother. I'd like yeah, to that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. We can we can talk about uh, his time in New York and Yeah, definitely. I uh, thank you guys for having me very much. Not a problem. Thank you for coming on, brother, and we will be contacting you soon. All right, thank you very much. You guys take care. All right, brother. Bye. Alrighty, that was Araya Davari, the younger brother of former WWE pro wrestler Sean Davari. And are we still there, Alex? Yeah, I'm still here. What's going on? Hey, uh, just giving a plug real quick uh, for my friend Jeff. I know we've this is like the fifth time we brought him up, but uh, he just posted the match between Adam Pearce and SoCal Crazy on ClickRussell.com. Yeah, I, saw that. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's on ClickRussell. Yeah, it's on. Uh, Cl- yeah, um, I'm gonna post the bulletin here a little bit on MySpace for the link. And then uh, it's, a, it's a really good match. Um, I suggest everyone watch it and check it out. Okay, what I'm going to do is when I, after, you know, uh, we record the show, we go live, and then uh, I after I post the download link for those that aren't streaming, along with the download link, I'll also post a link for, for people to check out that match directly. Um, from what I hear, they tore it down. Definitely. So they definitely it, did. Yeah. Okay, we have about 15 minutes before we'll get uh, Sweet Chucky T on the line. Um, <laughs> sweet Chucky? I thought it was Sexy Chucky T. When he becomes Sweet Chucky T? Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He doesn't care as long as we're talking about him. <laughs> you should know that, Bob. And I do have a caller on the line. Caller, who am I speaking with? This is Ian. What's up, zombie? I, how you doing, Ian Daniels? What's Sarah. going on, brother? Oh, just enjoying. It hit 55 degrees in upstate New York today. So all the scientists who said global warming is a myth are full of shit. (laughs) It's mid-January and 55 degrees. I didn't put a jacket on. I walked to work in a short sleeve shirt today. And I was like, wow, awesome. Uh, On the line is a good friend of mine, um, Northeast Independent Worker, Ian Daniels. He was our first ever guest on Rubber Guard Radio. Um, Infamous title for sure. I figured I'd have him on for a few minutes between Davari or between Araya Davari and Chuck Taylor. So I guess you're in good company there, Ian. Oh, Chucky T is going to be on? Oh, let me tell you, I, I, you can tell him I stole his grenade thing, and I've been stealing it on the indies all over the place, and uh, people love it. So, awesome. <laughs> cool. Tremendous. Cool. How, how's the body, man? How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just like, I've been wrestling like, I don't know. What it is, but, like, I've had quite a few matches since the last show. I debuted for, like, three more companies in the area, one in Connecticut, one in Mass, one in Vermont. So, I mean, that's been, you know, super cool. I just ordered new gear yesterday, or not yesterday, but a couple of days ago. Just felt it was time for something new. I, I don't know. I get kind of, I get, like, ADD when it comes to gear because I've had mine for, like, a year now, and I was just like, oh, i got to get more, even though it's, like, a year old. I'm like, i got to get more now, so... Bought some new gear. Highspots.com always gets recommendations from me. And, uh, you know, it's good. I got, um, in the next four weeks, I got uh, three different shows. So two in Vermont and one in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, it's going to be good times, hopefully. Um, hopefully, you know, injury-free. God bless. 
Tremendous. Tremendous. That's good. So you're you're working rather regularly, which is good. Um, keeps you in ring shape and keeps you not so rusty. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the big thing is like, you know, around here there's there's a million and five promotions like in Massachusetts and you know the surrounding areas, but you know they all all have a school and just God, you know, it's hard to get booked when a promotion you know, doesn't have to pay people to come in and they can just go, oh, well, we have students. We can give them, you know, whatever. They'll come. They'll set the ring up. They'll set chairs up and then they'll wrestle, you know. And, you know, it's hard to justify, oh, well, Ian Daniels wants to come in, but he's going to drive three hours, so we've got to get him trans money and then, he's, you know, he's going to want, you know, a payday. Well, you know, it's my body on one. You know, I'm not, I don't, you know, ask for $500, but I... I would like a little something to justify the fact that I could have broken my neck for you. But, you know, I, I, I don't work for a lot of money. But, you know, just a little something to know that you appreciate me. And, and the places I do work regularly do, you know, show me that I'm appreciated. And uh, it shows because I've done some shit shows and the guys don't pay you. And, like, there's a reason that the crowd is of ten people. The guys don't pay you. Your wrestlers don't work hard. Consequently, no one gives a crap. No one comes back to see the show. Now, maybe if you handed so-and-so maybe just 20 bucks, maybe he'd want to take a bump in his match. I don't, you know, just throwing it out there to all you promoters. If you actually pay your talent, like Scorpio said in his shoot interview, pay your talent, and they will work for you. It's, it's you know, it's thing, you know, Polly Ray's sure as shit never worked without getting paid. It ain't rocket surgery, dude. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. <laughs> oh, boy. So... Tell me about your your match that you had with that old dude, the art dealer. Cancelled. Robbie Robbie who? Cancelled. Cancelled? Oh. Cancelled. It was Robbie Ellis, right? Yes. Cancelled. Well, yeah. sorta. See I showed up to the show. I knew the day before he wasn't gonna be there. I was heartbroken. But I showed up to the show anyways because they said I was still gonna match. Wrestled this kid, whatever. It wasn't the same experience. Uh fell asleep on the car ride home because I left the message drive. She wakes me up. She's like, why is your car beeping? Well, my car had overheated. Turns out she completely fried my engine, had to buy a new car. Awesome. Totally, totally sucked. Um, then another promotion booked me and Robbie, and then he canceled the show. So I'm still waiting on my match with the Sports Illustrated Living Legend, but it's coming. I'm coming for you, Robbie. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Robbie Ellis is, is beyond super cool and super awesome. He's... Like the nicest guy ever, and you know he's he's so much fun just to hang around. I've been on shows with him, but I haven't had the pleasure as of yet of, of actually working him. And and where is where is my good buddy Tangled Webs tonight? I heard he's been doing these shows semi regularly with you. Where is he tonight? Hacky Hacky's at home listening. Ah, uh, God bless him. Yeah. God bless him. Hacky is Hacky is one cool motherfucker, and I yeah he's cool. And his and his pugs are his pugs are lovely. Everybody loves Chris. So. Everybody does love Chris. Except for Kerry Stoken, but that's a whole different... I know! <laughs> Let's not open that can of worms. No, no, that worm, those worms are, are going to remain sealed, and no one is going to fish with those. There you go. I'm going to have to cut you off, but I'm going to... All right. Let you, I'm going to give you the office. Plug away, Ian. All right, you take care, kick ass, and have some better guests than me. Later. Late. All right, Alex. Alex. Hello. Are you on? Yeah, my phone. Yeah, my phone's having a lot of difficulties tonight. Okay, cool. Yeah, that that was uh, Northeast Independent Worker 
Ian Daniels. Um, for those new listeners, he was our first ever guest on Rubber Guard Radio. Um, I strongly and I urge you just to hear how he broke into the story or into the business. The story how he broke in. You need to listen to the first show. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna make you guys download. So go back and check it out. It's a pretty interesting story and how he broke in. Um, do we have Chuck on the line? No, but I'll go get him. Okay, yeah, go get him. <clears throat> okay, well, my tag team partner is grabbing Chuck Taylor. Uh, I'm going to run down a couple of plugs. Um, IanDaniels.net, I think is the website, if I remember right, or IanDaniels.com. That's that's uh, Ian's website. Um, promoters, you can book him through that. Um, he needs to work, and he's pretty good. Um, he's, not a, he's not a flyer. He's just a solid in-ring worker. Um, pretty good stuff. Or also you can uh, check out our sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, tapes, I mean, uh, tapes, hello, DVDs, masks, figures, all kinds of stuff, posters, CDs. Um, yeah, check them out. Also, uh, the, the owner of that company, Jeff Dino, which I'm sure you're listening. What's up, Jeff? Um, you can also check out SoCalProWrestling.com, which is the wrestling company he runs as well. Um, let's see. Also, oh, can't forget the New Wave Pro Wrestling. We are supporting the San Diego independent scene. And for those that are up here in the Bay Area, this Saturday uh, will be the Fog City Wrestling debut show um, in San Francisco. Uh, Rikishi's booked. Black Pearl's booked. Alofa from... Uh, Zero One is booked as well. Um, they've got some pretty good talent coming in. So you can uh, check them out at FogCityWrestling.com. Um, I, I strongly urge you to to uh, check them out. Um, support your local indies. Um, you know, if you're down on the TNA product or down on WWE product, check out your indies, man. There's some... There's some wrestling out there that, you know, is really enjoyable. Um, myself, I, I personally don't watch either TNA or WWE, but I do follow independent pro wrestling. So, also, uh, friends of the show, the Tomasellis, their company, Elite Pro Wrestling, they have TV at 10 p.m. Uh, Central Time in Chicago on cable channel, I think it's 19 or 13. I'm, I'm not in front of my computer, but... Yeah, they have a half-hour show on Comcast. I think it's Cable 19. Also, they stream their show live on Friday nights at 10, EliteProWrestling.com. You can see, you know, tonight's guest, Araya Davari on that TV. You can see uh, Dysfunction, who is the champion for Elite Pro. You can see the Tomasellis, who will be interviewed by myself tomorrow on a very special one-hour edition of Rubber Guard Radio. Please check them out. Um, see what else can I plug while I'm waiting for Alex? Uh, oh, we're back. <laughs> we are back. We're back. One more plug before I get Chucky on. F4WOnline.com. Join the Empire. Give Brian Alvarez all your money. I am on the line with independent stud Chuck Taylor. How you doing, Chucky? Oh, fantastic. How are you? Fine and dandy and wet out here in Northern California. Welcome to Riverguard. Uh, well, I guess it's nice to be here. <laughs> I got I got a question for you, Chuck Taylor. Okay, entering into the 2008 King of Trios, you're with your teammates, Team Fist and uh, Icarus and Granakuma. 
Now, I saw when you joined the Kings of Wrestling, but when did you officially join Team Fist, and how were you admitted into Team Fist, considering you don't have similar ties to either Icarus or Grand Akuma? Well, that's not true, because I have, an, I have a pair of similar tights coming, so we already are friends. Thusly, in the future, we will be friends in similar tights. I just, uh, I am slow in, in the gear department. <laughs> so, okay. are you looking forward to the King of Trios 2008, and do you have an idea of who you're facing in the first round? I don't, I have no clue. Uh, I really don't even know who's in the tournament. I, I saw the colonies in it, and uh, I, there's probably other people in it, too. I don't even know who's in it. <laughs> Okay, so last year was a. We could, we, could, we could contact Mike Quackenbush. We can have uh, Team Fist take on Anchors Away and Alex Saint. So that works for me. What do you think, Alex? <laughs> I don't know. Chuck Taylor had an awesome year last year, winning the the Young Lions Cup, and then. Well, what else did you do last year, Chuck Taylor? I uh, I got a 3.0 last semester in school. Hey now, what are you majoring in? Uh, electronic media. It's like uh, radio and TV. Wow. Okay. And you won the Raid Day Valadores over uh, my like favorite that. Irish worker, Rick O'Shea. <clears throat> any any memories of that tournament in Chikara? Well, it was the Lions Cup that I beat uh, Rick O'Shea in. Oh, okay. It was a raid of all the noise that beat uh, Pac and Ricochet and Retail Dragon and then Lindsay Dorado. That's right. I get confused with Chikara and their many, 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 many tournaments. So yeah, um, it's really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> when, when was the first time you wrestled Ricochet? Because I'm reading here that your debut in IWA Mid-South in March 17, 2006 was against Ricochet. So what... When was the first ever time you had a Ricochet match, and what do you think uh, you and Ricochet? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying. I'm having problems with the question. Uh, when did you two first meet in the ring? There you go. <laughs> uh, I believe it was in 2005 in Evansville, Indiana. I believe it was our first ever singles match. We'd probably wrestled each other before in big stupid clusterfuck nine mans and, and stuff like that. Sorry, can I say the F word? I just kind of threw that out there. Oh, sure. Okay, sure. sorry. I don't know. We, we are, I don't know if there's we are children streaming. Around. We're All streaming right. live on the Internet, so it doesn't really matter. Um, not to mention I have the mouth of a trucker, so it's it's Alex that we need to watch out for, though, as far as the bad mouth. But um, <clears throat> So what do you have coming up, Chuck? Uh, would you believe it? I don't have a I don't have a single show lined up right now until King of Trios. Nobody's running. I'm sure I'll end up on some random shitty show in Tennessee, but that's right now. Well, where are you based? Where's home base? I live in Murray, Kentucky. It's uh, home of the Murray State Racers. That's where I go to school. Cool. Well, maybe maybe we can get you booked for the Tomasellis and the Elite Pro show or not something like that um, yeah, I've been there. they are they are friends of the show so it's it's possible um you know what i'm going to take a note because i'm interviewing the thomas Ellis tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon so i'm going to ask them if if they'd like to book chucky taylor 
Let me write that down. So, who trained you, Chuck? Uh, Brandon Walker. He's a, a wrestler from uh, the Illinois area, I believe, who comes down to this place in Kentucky and trains people. And who is your debut match with? I'm sorry? Who is your what debut match with? Uh, against a guy named Frankie D, who is a guy from Kentucky. It was in Murray, Kentucky at a nursing home outside in front of about 13 people and then a bunch of uh, nursing home patients. Wow. Was Hulk Hogan in the audience? No, he was on the show, though. Uh, He was in the main event. Brother. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay, let's see. You have spent quite a bit of time working for Ian Rotten. Um, What are your feelings on Ian as a booker and a promoter? Well, he's been running for like... uh, what, I don't know, 35 years now or something like that? A while. So I guess he can't be too bad if he's still, he's still, uh, people are still talking about him. Nobody would know who I was if it wasn't for uh, a lot of you mid-south, so can't complain too much. There you go. There you go. So what are your thoughts of Ian as an entering competitor? Uh... Well, I wrestled him, and uh, I believe last year at the 10th anniversary show, one of those, I think there were three events, and uh, my jaw still clicks every time I chew gum from his upper. So I think he's an asshole because he hit me in the face really hard. But uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, I guess he had a, I don't know, like a 27-year career or something like that. I'm bad at statistics, but uh, he was around for a while, so I guess I guess he did something that people liked. So, what are your feelings on Mickey Knuckles? Uh, she hits harder than uh, a good deal of the men that I've wrestled. So, she has my respect. There you go. Alrighty, let's see. Let me run down my. So I'm saying here in uh, Texas, you defended your. Title against Joey Ryan, who's a who's a worker from Southern California. How how did that match go, and how did how did you like to work on with Joey Ryan? Uh, I think me and Joey Ryan wrestled in Illinois. Oh, I've never been to Texas. Yeah. So. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, yeah, Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan and I had a, uh, I guess a goofy little match. We didn't do a whole lot. Uh, I had a mullet and he had uh, just tons of body hair so we kind of based most of the match around that nasty yucky any other questions there Alex uh, I'm still looking <laughs> still <laughs> still looking <laughs> okay well I'm going to ask the standard question that, that I that I ask any independent worker that comes on the show Hypothetically, I'm running a show next month out here in San Francisco, and you can fly in any independent worker that does not work for TNA in the world, and I have you booked. Who would you like to work? Huh. 
Um, let's see, as far as indie guys uh, that I haven't wrestled, uh, I really like the Briscoes a lot. I like their work a lot. They're uh, they're really good. But that might be for a tag match. I don't know about a singles match. Uh, maybe. Um, shit, I don't even know. I wrestled a lot of the guys uh, that I'd want to wrestle. Okay. Let's see. What are your opinions on Mike Quackenbush as a worker and as a company owner? Oh, as a worker, he's fantastic. Uh, Really, there's nobody short of actual luchadors that can pull off the lucha style as well as he can. Uh, there's a guy who runs a company. Uh, I think he's up to Carson actually runs the company. Okay. I think that's what I think that's what uh, what's going on over there. But yeah, I really do like working for Jakara. As much as I complain about it, it's a lot of fun. So he does a good job. Well, what are your opinions on on their philosophy as a promotion? Um, they use more of a uh, wacky characters, as Bryce Winsberg likes to say, as opposed to gimmicks, but characters. Um, what are your feelings on the way that the the, the company just just lives um, with these different type of characters running around, and and the boys do their own commentary during the matches? And um, what are your feelings on that? Oh, I love it. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air. Uh, every it seems like every indie anymore wants to be the new ECW, and really, uh, ECW already happened, you know, 15 years ago. So, why try to recreate it? Why don't you try to create something different? I think that's exactly what Chikara is doing. They have, you know, like a wacky, goofy atmosphere, you know, and it's family friendly. Uh, every other indie out there wants to have, you know, all these crazy angles and like cuss words and blood everywhere, and Chikara is something different, so I really like it. Okay, we're going to take a call for you, Chuck. Okay. Ian, what's up? Chucky T, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much, man. This is Ian Dales. I'm actually a wrestler from up here in the Northeast region, like in the New England independent scene. Mm-hmm. Um, been watching your stuff for a couple of years now, since, you know, you pretty much started with IWA. Uh and I actually saw, like, this really old Chaos Pro music video that pretty much made fun of the whole roster. And, yeah, you were on there, like, giving a guy a Russian leg sweep out of a balcony, and you guys bounced off a table instead of going through it. And it didn't really paint a good picture of you guys. But uh, besides all that, I was just uh, wondering something. Uh, you know, where did you get, the, like, the idea to come out to the Pete and Pete theme song? Because I always kind of dug that. Uh, I actually made that music video, the... Uh was Chaos Pro Wrestling is gay one. Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I made both of those. There's two, actually. Uh, I've only ever seen the first one that has, like, uh, has a guy getting, like, stuffed in the face with a pillow. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I made those. Yeah, those were supposed to be an inside joke, and then I think somebody eventually came up on the website. But, yeah, uh, as for the Pete and Pete thing, I was a huge show, or a huge show of the fan. I was a huge fan of the show when I was growing up, and... Uh, it seems like everybody at the time where I was wrestling was using, like, either some crazy gangster rap entrance music or, like, just some hardcore song that was, like, guitar, guitar, crazy, crazy. And so I just thought of something different. 
And I like that song a lot. It's Polaris, right? Is the name of the band? Yes, Polaris. For everybody that listens and wants to go download. So who was your favorite character? Tell me it was Artie. Had to be Artie. Oh, of course, Artie. Absolutely. I actually, and I'll be proud to admit this, because like I said, I am a fan of your shit. I stole the grenade thing and totally rip it off all the time up here. So no one who's ever seen Chucky e. T, if you ever come up here, will be like, oh, he's stealing Ian Daniel's shit. But Because <laughs> I think it's fucking cool. So I haven't, I haven't as of yet made a young child cry, but that is a goal. Well, except on Halloween, because candy always tastes better when it's stolen out of the hands of a crying child. It's a proven fact. Science. Anything else for you? Anything else for you? Uh, no, you know, I'm just enjoying the lovely weather here in cold-ass upstate New York, except it's not cold, which is global warming, as I mentioned earlier. Chucky T, keep on keeping on, man. You know, we like we like seeing your stuff, and that that training video you put on YouTube, fucking hysterical. So keep on keep on keeping it real, and keep give pe- Keep on giving the people something else besides, you know, super strong style and bleed all over the place wrestling. Because you know what, we like to be entertained too as wrestlers. So keep on keeping on. Yeah. I'll try my best. Thanks, bro. Later. Later, zombie. Uh, all right, brother. All right. Well, that was once again uh, Northeast Independent Worker Ian Daniels. Um, Ian mentioned that he wanted to uh, ask Chuck about that video, so I figured I'd have him call in. Uh, what we're doing is we're going to run to a quick commercial break. Got to pay the bills. So I am going to play this quick commercial. It's now a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for action figures, pro wrestling books, pro wrestling gear, titles? some odd reason the drop is not playing so let's stop it and I will play another okay my drop board is not working so let's get that back on Mr. State Alex are we on Okay, we are having technical issues here, so what we're going to do is um, okay, we're live on the air, but my drop board's not working. Uh, I lost my co-host. So, we'll uh, let's see, I'm going to reload my my uh, my board here on Blog Talk. Um, I don't know, it could be a weather issue, could be something wrong. Um, actually, I'm going to blame it on on upstate New York because this this uh, is in uh, New York, so I'm going to blame Ian. It's all Ian's fault. Um, we did lose Alex Saint and Chuck Taylor. Um, for some information on, I'm not sure if uh, Chuck's going to call back in. So. What we'll do is uh, we'll plug his MySpace, myspace.com backslash at Chucky T. You can, uh, you can uh, get information on him. You can also um, get information on him from Takara. And I'm back. I have Alex Payne back on the line. 
Hey, what's going on? Hey, I'm sorry. My phone's getting real, real bad reception in my room. Uh, it's no problem. It's no problem. I was just um, giving the plug for Chuck since uh, he won't be calling back in. Uh, let's go back to the switchboard here. Uh, oh, boy. Dog talk's getting in trouble. Uh, the drops won't play. I'm trying to play the commercials and it's not gonna not gonna work. Oh boy. Okay. So we have forty seven minutes to go, dude. Um we'll see if anybody calls in. Uh you know what? What the hell? We'll open the phone lines. Fuck it. If you got something to ask for your rubber host, call in. There you go. Three four seven two one five seven nine four six. Call in and we'll uh We'll, uh, yeah, we'll take phone calls, or, you know, we can talk about pretty much anything. And yes, Alex, we have to go two hours. <laughs> <laughs> we have, like I said, we have 47 minutes left. Do you have anything you want to talk to me about, brother? Oh, man. Just uh, watching NWA Wildside, Jeremy Lopez against uh, Todd Sexton. Mm. Sexton no. is solid. He, he, he's the trainer at their school. <laughs> Oh, was it the Wildcat School? Yeah, he's solid too. He's he's a really good worker. I wonder why Wildside never. Uh, like Wildside was real known nationally, but it it seems like it never. It never. It, they never really drew at their home place, and they ran shows all the time. And they had really really solid guys like Rick Michaels and Todd Sexton, Jeremy Lopez, on it, David Young. Uh, uh, shoot, I mean, uh, uh, Chris Justice. I mean. Everybody in there was a real – Adam was, Jacobs, Jason Cross. It was, <laughs> it was saturation. There there are too many uh, Georgia independents. You think in so? Area. Yeah, and they all – you know, you can't – it's kind of tough to split a dollar, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it, it's like a, like an election. You have three friends that are running, and you only get one vote. How are you going to vote for all three? You can't. You split the vote. You know what I mean? Because they they can't draw because there are only so many fans. Yeah, I can't say I'm familiar with uh, Georgia Independent Wrestling, but I drove down uh, for my senior trip to go see NWA Wildside Show. It was it was really really awesome because they had a national tape distribution through their website or whatever. So uh, I followed the product through their tape stats, and then I saw the TV shows on the American One Network. They also had a national TV deal, so. Uh, Wildside was a really good product. And then a lot of the guys that are big today, like the AJ Styles and stuff, they started out there. Well, just AJ Styles. I can't think of anybody. I know a lot of people went through Wildside, but I don't know if too many people that uh, came from that area that ended up being big. Jason Cross? Yeah, but what happened to Jason Cross? <laughs> he Last time I heard of him, he was, he was on a tour for some small group in Japan. Oh, was he now? Yeah, he well, did. He awesome had with that. him. He had that little cup of cup of coffee with TNA where they where he did the 450 leg drop and they freaked out about it and right. But that's pretty much it as far as that guy's concerned. Um, you know they're still running. Yeah, they're NWA Anarchy now. I've I've had an opportunity to check out some of their shows, but uh, it was something magic about Wildside because uh, the Dragon Wilson and Stephen Prezak were really good ring uh, commentators and. The whole and then Jeff G. Bailey, who was uh, one of the Hill managers, he was he was an awesome, awesome manager. The throwback of you know the old uh, male managers back in the day, 
And then uh, Jeff G. Bailey was definitely someone who I never thought got a break because he was an awesome, awesome manager. He could cut a promo. And then uh, he had his stable, the NWA Elite, who had rotating members. And then the only constant was Jeff G. Bailey. It was always awesome with Jeff G. Bailey. And then also the first time I met him, uh, I told him what high school I went to. I went to Pearl High School in Pearl, Mississippi. And then uh, he said, he was like, didn't your high school have a school shooting? I was like, yeah. And he told me all the information behind it. Come to find out, like, he, he studied serial killers and murderers and stuff. And, like, that's just what he was into. And then uh, you can see him pull out of that for his promos they'd cut on the Wild Side TV. If you go to www.nwa.com, it's the NWA Anarchy site now. But it still has all the Wild Side tapes on there. So if you want to go check out some good old independent wrestling, I'd definitely suggest check out some Wild Side. And also High Spots has some of their DVDs too. Yeah, High Spots has them too. Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah, I emailed him and said that, uh, see if he can get some more up. Because uh, his, his supply kind of is not that good, but uh, the the wild side side has almost a lot of the old big shows. Okay. Yeah, that that stuff's that stuff's really good. Um, have you seen the the Super Juniors DVDs that they put out? That wild side put out the two of them. There's a Brisco yeah. Briscoe match on there. Yeah, I actually have both of the, the Super Junior DVDs. That Briscoe-Briscoe match was uh, from a show, Freedom Fight. I want to say, oh, two, I can look at But that Freedom Fight, that whole entire card was just a really awesome card. It uh, led into uh, a big War Games match. It was supposed to be a two-teams War Games match, but then different people had to pull out and do the TNA. and So basically it ended up being a, a, it ended up being a seven-man cage match with a rotating order or whatever. And then uh, it was it was a really good match. The entire show was a really good show. And it's on the, the Wild Side side. But, yeah, it's all the, the Super Junior DVDs. I have both of, both volumes. And also they released a, a Best of the War Games DVD, which is kind of misleading. It's actually every War Games show they did, which they uh, traditionally always did War Games at the Freedom Fight show. And then uh, that's a really good DVD, too. That's That's good stuff. Um, is Barron still involved with that company? Do you know? Bill Barron's? Yeah. I have no. I have. I know uh, Jeremy Palmer is the new guy that owns it. He bought it from Bill when Bill went full time with the uh, TNA. Yeah, but uh, no, I have no idea if Barron's has any involvement in the company anymore. I see they have uh, Jimmy Ray booked for the next show though. On uh, January fifth, they're running a show. In Cornelia, Georgia, and they got Todd Sexton and Jimmy Rave against Truett Fields and Wes Grissom. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you mentioned it. What are your feelings on David Young? What are my feelings on David Young? Uh, I first saw David Young at NWA Wildside. He was the uh, first ever match of Solomon was against Rick Michaels, and uh, it was a really, really, really awesome match. And then I ended up meeting him at that Wildside show. I was like, I was 18. I just graduated from high school, and then uh, I, I ended up talking to him after the show, and he was a really, really down to earth guy, and I really liked him. And then uh, he's a really, really good worker, and I think uh, if you go back and listen to uh, C.W. Anderson's interview from last night, I think it's David's look why he never really got far in this business because he was real short and didn't have the greatest body in the world, but uh, he he could go. And then he was utilized. I thought he was utilized. I mean. If you're not going to push a guy 
Uh, I thought he was utilized real well on TNA. I mean, he was a, a jobber. I mean, say what you will about jobber teams, but, I mean, they have consistent bookings with a company if they're, you know, paid to lose. So I was happy seeing him out there, you know, getting work, but then uh, they let him go. And it's kind of unfortunate because, uh, you know, the Diamonds and the Rough, I mean, when they were utilized correctly, I mean, even though they didn't get anybody over, they were able to make teams because Elix Skipper and David Young both are really good workers. So they were able to go out there. Then you had a team like the Motor City Machine Guns. They were able to go out there and have a good match with them. And then you wouldn't have to put, you know, well, it seems like to me like kind of what the rave, rock and raven inflection, it seems to me what kind of tag team they are right now too. But kind of, you kind of want a couple of jobs. Well, not, I want to call them jobbers, but, you know, a couple of people that you can beat on TV without worrying about them. Well, they're, they're all mid-carters in, in TNA. Excuse me? They're all mid-carters in TNA. <laughs> Check your MySpace. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Now we're talking about, you know what, I think I think that David Young would have made a hell of an Anderson. Not just because of spine butts, or just the way that he worked. He had that, like, pit bull-type tenacity where he would continuously go after someone. But, um, yeah, that was that was some good stuff. Um, I've always liked uh, – David Young, it's it's a shame that he never got a break. Um, but you know, you you can't win all the time. But of course, my drop board is not working again. Okay, here we go. Let's see if I can play a commercial. And it's not working. So, all right, while we're on the air, I'm going to have to plug my sponsor again. Um, this show is. Fully brought to you by WrestleWarehouse.com. Um, check them out. They have DVDs. They have uh, Lucha masks. They have um, Jack's classic figures. And Alex, are you back on the line? Yes. Do we have David Fuller on the line? Yes, you do. Vengeance David Fuller. What's up, brother? Hey, you said you needed some time. You have 35 minutes. What the hell is going on in California where people are having to call Vengeance David Fuller? Do I got to come whip somebody's ass? <laughs> Somebody better call Jesus my mom. Christ, you want me on the goddamn air while I'm on the air and I got some things to say. Well, let's do it. All right. So this past Friday night, Vengeance David Fuller became the ultimate heel. You can throw me up there with Flair, with Austin, with Douglas, with Hayes. I walked into a church and cut a fucking promo. And there was no ring anywhere to be found. I started cutting promos on 16-year-old kids. And there for a church lock-in. And then the next thing I know, Chico Torres walks in. World-class championship wrestling. Global Wrestling Federation. And he comes in and cuts a promo on me, tells me, you couldn't lace up Kevin and Kerry Von Eric's boots. I said, why don't you bring him here right now? I'll lace him up right there in front of you. And I said, let me introduce this guy. He's been in the ring with Austin, Undertaker, Booker T. I said, but you know what? Bigger than all them guys? He's been in the ring with Vengeance David Fuller. Yeah. Of course, nobody knew who the hell I was. They were like, who's he? I said, hey, shut your mouth. So, <laughs> this fool, this fool started talking all this shit. He was like, he's going to take my head off. And I'm like, we're in a church, man. What are you babbling about? Take my head off. 
So the next thing you know, he put out his hand. He was like, okay. And I said, ah, you know what? I'm just going to leave. And he put out his hand. And the old fucker fell for it. I kicked him right in the groin, and I clotheslined his ass down to the floor. <laughs> in a church. In a church. And then I hit him with a chair. Was, was Ted DiBiase booking the show? What was the ball in the church? Man, it, you know, you, you, you reap what you sow. I wish he would have been there, too. I would have taken him out. So, <laughs> Chico Torres is down on the ground now, and I decided to take off my hoodie and expose my very, very huge, massive, but sometimes from a faraway distance, it looks puny, muscular frame. So I ripped off my hoodie, and I had a tank top on, and I started showing off the largest guns in Texas. So I started showing these guns off, and the next thing I know, I turn around, and that old man chops me. And he catches me off guard. I'm like, man, you chop me. And then uh, he chops me again. Then he hits me with the chair, you know. And then he suplexed me on the concrete. Well, after that, I decided, uh, you know, discretion is the better part of valor, and I just went ahead and let everyone think he won. So... I wasn't expecting to get fucking suplex on the concrete floor. Oh, man. But, uh, all the rubber listeners need to go to church now because you never know what will happen on a Sunday. That's right. This is actually on a Friday night during a church walk. Oh, even better. See, on a Friday night, the church walk in Vegas Air Fuller walks in. So you you need to go to church. If they have a thing on Friday night, you need to go to church because you never know. Texas bad boy may roll in that piece. So you're winding yeah. down your your decade of excellence. What do you have coming up? Yeah. Here? Well, uh, I'm talking to uh, I'm talking to a guy in Amarillo actually right now. Big uh, Table Four may be invading the West Texas Panhandle. Look out! You may be seeing the Texas Bad Boy, and NGW is going to start in February uh, every Saturday night up here, and I'm going to be heading down to East Texas. On Sunday, February 23rd, for Texas Elite Wrestling, apparently somebody down there, one of these greenies, has been shooting his mouth off. So uh, he's challenged any veteran in the state of Texas. Well, he's not going to get any better. He's going to get the veteran. So veteran, I'll go down there and take care of that. <laughs> That's, cool. That's cool. Do you have any ideas about who your last match is going to be against? Me. Uh, you know, I, I you know, me I, over. I, I keep hearing. I keep hearing rumors, you know, a lot of people, you know, not to not to sit here and toot my own horn. Well, what the hell, I've been doing it ever since you called me. But <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people are throwing their name in the hat. They want to be the one who I had the last match with. But you know what, I, uh, there's one thing I want to do before I retire, and I, I want to be the NGW heavyweight champion again. I've held it twice. I won it three <clears> times. So right now, Texas Red is in my sights. I finished business with that big freaking hillbilly. Now, do you all retire with the belt, or you just want to win it again? Uh, you know what? If I win it again, I'll take that motherfucker home, put it on my wall, and say, "See y'all later." <laughs> you want the belt? I'll stand handing it. You come get it. <laughs> you gonna run it over with your with your tricycle? Yeah, but hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. KZ over there. That's some Jin Singh for the show tonight. He's going to cut a promo on me. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, since we're shooting, since we are shooting, 
what are your feelings on the independents that don't show proper respect to David Fuller in Texas? Uh, you know, I, I could care less what people think about me as far as promoters around here because they do not know. Um, you know, I just, I don't know what the deal is. I, I, I used to run my mouth a lot. I used to run my mouth a lot on the on the message boards and talk a lot of shit. And I don't do that anymore. I'm too busy. I, I work. I actually have a job now which I think if both these guys got jobs, real jobs, I think that would take a lot of their free time. You know, they wouldn't have as much time to masturbate and talk shit about people. So, so uh, I, don't have, I don't have a whole lot of time to sit there and masturbate and go, oh, I'm going to talk shit about you. You know, but these guys do. And I think people who go on Internet and talk shit about people do it to fill a void they have in their selves. If you spend as much time improving your wrestling skills as you did wasting time talking about me, maybe when you go to the ring, people wouldn't be fucking soaring or going to the gimmick stand. So that's my deal. I I, I don't spend time talking about other people. I spend time watching old tapes, watching Mid-South, watching World Class, watching Crockett, watching the Carolinas, watching the Fullers, Watching all that, no relation, by the way. I know a lot of people get me confused with Ron Fuller. You know, it's in the blood. Yeah, that joke went absolutely nowhere. So anyway, <laughs> his, his is a foot and a half long. Yours is a millimeter and a half long. So at least that's what I hear from the boys. But as long as you don't, hey, here. as long as you don't hear from the girls, we're all good. <laughs> it's a good Speaking thing. of Texas wrestling, did you see uh, the the world class DVD that WWE just put out? Yes, I actually got it uh, two weeks early. I ordered it from Shopify, oh, wow. and I got mine two weeks early. So what did you think about it? Um, I thought it was uh, – I I liked it. I thought it was a good compatibility with the heroes, but th- I thought there was some stuff missing. Uh, there was, a, I think, a lot of gray area that they went over. Um uh, but it wasn't bad. I'm not saying it sucked. I thought it was very good, very educational. I liked the interviews. Gary Hart, Scandal Rackbill, Bill Mercer, Bill Irwin, uh, Kevin Bonner, Michael Hayes. They all provided great educational outlook on world class. You know, growing up here, you know, I have a really, I have a really different outlook on it because I grew up in, in it, you know, uh with you know, every time something happened with the Bon Air, that's all you heard about around here. So growing up in it is really different for me to watch this and see how okay, how is Vince going to handle the situation? How is you know, because you know, and, and it's not really Vince as much as Shane McMahon because Shane McMahon's in charge of the DVD. So I wanted to see okay, how is Shane going to let this whole story come out? I thought it was very well done. I think it could have been done better. Like any project, there are things that can be done better, but it, overall. I hope uh, the fans, a lot of fans who didn't know the story or unfamiliar with World Class will buy the DVD. And I think if you're a fan wanting to know the story and you buy the DVD, you will walk out of the DVD experience knowing most of the story. They didn't really talk about Brody. They didn't really talk about the Dingo Warrior. They didn't really talk about Ravishing Recruit. Austin came in at the tail end of World Class going into the USWA. Uh I don't think they spent... They didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about Skandar Akbar and Devastation Incorporated. 
Well, they didn't really go into him at all. No, and, and Skander Agbar was one of the most phenomenal managers of this of this era. And, uh, you know, I just, he brought in Kamala, he brought in, he brought in a lot of people. So, I mean, you know, could have had his betters, but, you know, it wasn't a bad DVD. I thought they did a fine job with it. The WWE doesn't acknowledge Bruiser Brody's existence at all, do they? Uh, they uh, no, but uh, a couple of other people did on the DVD. Bill Mercer, Kevin Von Erich, and they actually showed footage of him. But when they were yeah. going over, when they were going over the deaths, you could have mentioned Bruiser Brody being stabbed in Puerto Rico. That was a big deal. It made the news circuits here in Dallas. It made the news. It wasn't a Von Erich, but it made the news. It was a big scandal. You know. Wrestlers don't get murdered every day, especially in a shower in Puerto Rico by their opponent. <laughs> well, it's like when they released the AWA DVD, there was no mention of Brody. And when they did the world-class DVD, they were just, you know, they barely mentioned Brody. So it's almost like just because he didn't work for WWE that uh, he, he's, he's forgotten. Brody, Brody uh, no, I got nothing against Bruce Brody. Brody left a lot of bad taste in people's mouths. Bobby Heaton, I know, cannot stand him. I know High Spots did a shoot interview with Bobby Heaton, and they asked him about Bruce Brody, and he said, what the fuck did he ever do? He he went to town to town, and he would uh, make the baby face look like shit. Hmm. I guess making making light of the Lex Luger fiasco when Bruce Brody went and brought Luger in the cage, and Brody no-sold him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, come on, I was Lex Luger. I mean, a lot of people did that. <laughs> you know? So you said you came up during uh, the Von Erich speak period. Um, yeah. Can you kind of relate that for people? Because when I came up, I didn't really have a uh, territorial baby face that everyone got behind. So how could you closely compare the Von Erichs to someone else in sports or someone else in different media? Uh, okay, if you grew up in New York, you grew up with the Yankees. If you grew up in Montreal, you grew up with the Canadians. Detroit... You could have gone with the Tigers. You could have gone with the Pistons or the Red Wings. I grew up now down here. People will say it's a dude. It comes. It's neck and neck. You either was you either were into the Dallas Cowboys or you were into the Von Erichs. I mean, they were. It was the bomb. And I went to War, I went to War Rogers Memorial Coliseum many nights, and that place was packed. 7,000 people in that place. They put 14,000 people in a reunion arena. WWE came to a reunion arena for seven years and never once put 14,000 people in it until the Attitude Era. Oh, wow. I'll tell you something. They brought Hulk Hogan to reunion arena in 1990. He didn't put 14,000 people in there. Did they ever run Texas with uh, Kerry when he was with WWE? Oh, yeah, you know, and that was big. Uh, I was at Reunion Arena. My first WWE house show was the first night Kerry Von Erich started with the WWE. It was him and the Ultimate Warrior versus Ravishy Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. And the crowd went nuts. And they also did a thing down here one night where the main event was supposed to be, uh, God damn it, uh, I think the main event was Macho Man and Jake the Snake. That was the main event. That was what they that was that had you know billing over everything. They did that match in the middle of the show, and the last match on the card was Kerry Von Erich against Colonel Mustafa 
General Adnan was in Mustafa's corner, and Fritz came out with Terry. And he oh, wow. I made a big deal about that. Of course, Fritz got involved. So, I mean, and they loved it down here. And, you know, it was just, it was awesome. But if you if you grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth, you know, and you got it pirated everywhere, uh, you know, across, syndicated across North America, over into the international countries. But down here, man... It was just, it was all Bon Eric. It was so hard not to get into wrestling, and that's why I got into wrestling. And But it just, you know what's funny is, uh, you know, growing up, I heard all these stories about the Sportatorium. Oh, the Sportatorium, it's it's the Mecca. <laughs> I'm like, the Mecca? That's Madison Square Garden, you hoe bag. And they're like, it's the Mecca. All right, Fritz Von Eric dies. Fritz Von Eric dies. I call Mark Lorance because I knew Mark personally. Still do to this day. We don't talk that much, but I see him every now and then. So I called Mark Lorance and I said, hey, what's going on? He said, they're having a memorial show at the Sportatorium Friday night. You ought to come. He said, I'm going to be there and I'm going to make a speech. I said, all right. Well, I've never been to the Sportatorium. So me and my brother-in-law, we're sitting here talking. It wasn't my brother-in-law at the time. He was my buddy. He's like, okay, we got a choice. We can go to... Thursday night is 50 years of funk in Amarillo. Terry Funk and Bret Hart in the main event. We can go to that, which is going to be hell, or we can go to Sportorium. I'm like, Sportorium's in Dallas. Let's go to that. So <laughs> so we roll up to the Sportorium, and we walk in that motherfucker. There had to be maybe 30 people there. Oh, no. And... My brother-in-law was bitching the whole time. We walked to the bathroom, and the bathroom, when you take a piss, it's a horse trough. <laughs> and it stinks, and it's rolling over with urine. And I'm like, this is the sportatorium? And we just walked around, and the whole time he's looking at me. I'm like, what? He says, motherfucker, we could have gone to 50 years of funk last night. No, <laughs> we had to come to the sportatorium. <laughs> have you, did, this, you ever, did you ever meet any of the Bon Arrows? <laughs> Yes, I met Kevin and Terry. I met them at independent shows. Oh, okay. And then how old were you when you met Terry? Because uh, he died a little while ago. Uh, he died in 93. I met Terry. Yeah. I, I forget. I met Terry in like 91 or 92. And then I met Kevin in 95. Uh, the NWA had was running down here in Dallas. Uh, and uh, they... Uh, I think the Blackhearts, Buster and Mike Blackheart, I think they were running it down here. And uh, that's where uh, JVL started. JVL started down here when the NWA was rolling through, uh, just John Hawk. So nonetheless, so they had a, a house show. They were running the sportatorium. They had a house show at the Cleveland Civic Center. And the main event that night was Kevin Von Erich and Sam Houston, the brother of Jake the Snake, against Dick Murdoch and Black Mark. And uh, there was a few. There weren't a whole lot of people there, and uh, so the, the, all the wrestlers were out signing autographs. And I got to meet uh, Kevin. And actually, they had done an angle where Akbar was a face, and he was managing Kevin Von Eric. So it was really weird. Oh wow! Because <laughs> Black Bart, this big lady in the crowd, was talking, and she was like, uh, she was on Black Bart. And Black Bart said, "Why don't you shut up, you big fat douche mag?" <laughs> and fucking Akbar's over there going, you leave this little lady alone. And I'm like, is Akbar's face? <laughs> what the hell? 
So meeting Kevin was really cool. Really, really standout guy. So what what did you enjoy more, the Heroes of World Class or uh, the WWE DVD? I enjoyed the WWE one, not for the story, but for the footage. Uh-huh. They showed a lot of footage, and I think that's a very good visual way when you're talking about something. You need the footage. Watch watch Rise and Fall of ECW. Mm-hmm. Then watch Forever Hardcore. You know, that was hey, definitely a huge knock on Forever Hardcore is that they could only show the pictures and then XPW footage of the guys 10 years yeah. after the point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Shane Douglas and Todd Gordon, they don't get any prettier. You, know, <laughs> you just got to sit there and look at them the whole time. And, I mean, you know, I don't need to look at Shane Douglas the whole time to hear him tell a story. All he's going to say is, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> you know, fuck Flair, fuck Vince, fuck this, fuck that. But uh, I-, I think it's a huge difference. Uh, the heroes, they use some of the footage. Vince, he used a lot of it. And I think that's a big deal. I think when you're doing a documentary, you need the footage to go along with the story. And Michael Hayes is talking about Reunion Arena Christmas show when the Freebird Von Eric angle started, you want to show footage of him slamming the door, uh, Terry Bam Bam Gordy slamming the door in Terry's face. You just want it. It's perfect visual aid. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I, I like the WWE one more because I, I thought, it, of course, it was better put together uh, production-wise, and the uh, the uh, footage was great. How did you feel about them interviewing people at uh, Triple H for the DVD? Um. You know, it's a grain of salt. He's fucking Stephanie. So there's not a whole, there's not a whole lot he can't get his hands into, obviously. <laughs> uh, you know, he's going to be on everything. Uh, you know, I would have rather heard Vince. I would have rather heard from Vince. If they would have just said, Vince, shoot, what did you think about World Class? Tell about the time you came down here and tried to buy from Fritz. Let's hear about that. You know, Triple H, eh, he probably never saw World Class until <laughs> they fucking bought the footage from Kevin a year and a half ago. Okay, KZ likes to ask a question to a lot of guests, so I'm, I'm going to make a specific question about the DVDs. If you had the WWE library, what DVD would you make? <clears throat> I'm a mark for the guy. But I appreciate everything he's done for the business, and I think he's very underlooked. And I'm going to probably get a lot of people who say, I don't know what I'm talking about. I want to see a documentary on Andre the Giant. Oh, wow. The guy, you can, I don't care how bad he got when he, was, when he hurt his back in his later years, you cannot knock what the guy did early in his heyday. You cannot knock it. I mean, before there was Hogan... There was Andre. Andre was in Sports Illustrated. Andre was on board of Griffin. Andre was in the movies. You cannot knock what he did. And I just think he's lost nowadays. All you hear about is, oh, Hogan was at WrestleMania three. He drew 93,000 people. Well, you know, that's what they say. Well, there was another motherfucker in that match. You know, him and Hogan drew the largest TV audience in wrestling history on NBC on February 5th, 1988. That mm-hmm. record will never be touched again. It takes two guys to make that happen. And, you know, Andre, there hasn't been really a good DVD produced on Andre. They had an awesome documentary on A&E about it. And I just think 
You know, where's the DVD? Where's his three disc DVD? You got one on Cena. You got one on Michaels. Put one yeah, on Andre. Two or three on Hogan. <laughs> yeah, you got one on Flair. Andre is. Ju- I think Andre is just as big a star as Hogan was. Now I'm gonna get some naysayers, but I'm sorry. I started watching wrestling mainly because I saw Andre the Giant, and that guy just fucking. I was like, oh my god, that guy's huge. Uh, Is there another promotion you would like to see featured uh, on the WWE DVD? Uh, I think Stampede deserves a DVD, kind of like the AWA and World Class God Stampede Wrestling. Mm-hmm. A lot of good talent, a lot of good matches. Uh, you know, a lot of lot of lot of good stuff. I think uh, Stampede hopefully will be the next promotion to. Uh, and, you know, I release this one. I don't know why you wouldn't. Release one on WCW. Release a real one. And talk about all the shit they fucked up on. I love <laughs> watching that shit. I love reading shit. I love reading about what Bischoff. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> I love watching how much money they pissed away. I'd almost want to see one done on uh, the formation of Jim Crockett promotions and then one on just specifically WCW. Yeah, there you go. There's another one. Man, there's a lot of there's a lot of backstories that no one really talks about of how Crockett and Vince went after each other. You know, Crockett would have a pay per view in a city on a Sunday, and Vince would run that same venue the night before. Vince would start a show late, and he would run his show up into the midnight hour, and that would kill Crockett's walk up the next day. Because if you stay, if you just saw a wrestling show the night before and it lasted until fucking one o'clock in the morning. The last thing you're going to do the next day is, let's go see another wrestling show. <laughs> so we we pushed a lot of WWE merchandise. Is uh, Vengeance David Fulmer got any merchandise? <laughs> yes, uh, if you go to myspace.com slash Vengeance David Fuller, I have the Vengeance uh, David Fuller t-shirts, Vengeance David Fuller DVDs, commemorative 10 years, and uh, the uh, IHW... And hope, I think uh, KZ had said we were going to do something like this next week or the week after. IHW's 10-year anniversary is coming up in April, and I am, I'm going to have an announcement about the IHW DVD the next time I'm on Rubber Guard Radio. There's going to be a pretty big announcement about that. Okay, so you said Andre was one of your favorite wrestlers. I just had somebody text me. Have you seen the commercials for that Andre movie that's coming out, that, uh, that low-budget Andre movie? I, I saw that. I actually had them friends on MySpace. It, it looks absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and you know, there's a story with that. Uh, uh, I forget his name, but you know, the guy who originally was slated to play Andre, he was filming the movie and he died. Oh, wow. He literally died. He was tiny in The Devil's Rejects. Oh, okay. <laughs> he died when he was making the movie, so they had to get a new Andre. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not laughing because he died. I'm just, it's, you know, maybe that's probably not the role. That's probably not the right role to go after. <laughs> but it looks absolutely horrible. But, yeah, I'll go see it definitely. I'm a big mark for it. I'll go see it if it's ever playing in a theater I can get to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, saw the, I saw the preview for that movie. That movie, it looked real, real bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did look real bad. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's awesome. So uh what you what you got coming up, uh, David? Um, uh, like I said, we got um definitely we got uh 
NTW starting every Saturday in February. Uh, once uh, We're working on the building right now. We're getting everything ready, building a set. The ring's in place. I'm also going to be one of the head instructors at the NGW School of Wrestling. And I'm going to be training one night a week. Chico Torres and myself will be uh, doing the wrestling school there. Uh, so uh, you can find out that information by going to NGWX.com uh, and doing the NGW School of Wrestling. Uh, myself, I've got the NGW. I'm, t- I'm in talks with promotions to go to Amarillo, possibly going down to Houston. And I'm definitely booked on Sunday, February 23rd for TEW in Gladewater. Uh, all of this can be accessed through my MySpace page, myspace.com slash fingersdavidfuller. And uh, I'm even working on a uh, one-night Insane Hardcore Wrestling reunion show in April, bringing back all the old Insane Hardcore Wrestling stars. So hopefully I can get that locked in. Oh, wow. So when did you say you were planning on uh, doing that show? I'm going to try to do it in April. April's the 10-year anniversary of the organization, so I'm going to try to do something in April. And I've already reached out to Jazz, Rodney Mack, Necro, Butcher. I've already reached out to all of them, and I'm working on getting a venue now. So hopefully I'll have an official announcement about that in the next two weeks. Awesome. Okay. Maybe we can have an Alex St. (laughs) run-in. I'll fly in to do a run. (laughs) Not original, but... Actually, KZ, as long as you can. KZ, I mean this. KZ, if I get the show booked and I give you plenty of notice, I would love for you to come that night and be my master of ceremonies. And I mean that honestly. Oh, boy. April, huh? <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do. Hopefully I don't Okay, blow, once blow I get everything confirmed, I will let you know. Awesome. 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 Well, let's see. We have ten minutes to go. All right. Um, Either of you guys have any questions for me? Dead air. Um, uh, dead air. Dead air. Oh wow, you just switched it up on us. Um, what shows are you looking forward to the most coming up, Casey? Of everybody, you've heard everybody saying they got shows coming up. Who show are you most looking forward to? Uh, King of Trios for Chikar. Um, that's that's carrying on, you know their their tradition that started with the Tag World Grand Prix and then it went on to the trios. They switched it up. Um, last year's was phenomenal. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to that one. Um, I'm also looking forward to making an appearance at the New Wave Pro Wrestling Anniversary Show in San Diego in March. Um, I'm going to be there. I'm going to whack you with a chair, Alex. <laughs> you love. Um, WrestleMania, you know, of course... You know, WrestleMania is WrestleMania. You know, I, I don't follow the product, but it is WrestleMania. So, um, also, I am looking forward to the Royal Rumble. Um, just the match. Um, I've always been a huge mark for the match. Um, not so much what else goes on, but just that 30, 30 man match. Um, I mean, I've seen them all from 1988 all the way up, and and you know, it's it's always always been. You know, like a tradition, you know, with uh, my brother and myself, where we would we would try to guess who would come down to the ring each each interval. Yeah, so it was, you know, something special. Um, That's another good question, David. Is there any matches that you're particular mark for? Ooh, here we go. Uh, for me? Yeah. Is there any matches that you just particularly mark for? Like I always had the war games. It's something about the double ring, double cage that I just had to see. It doesn't matter right. what promotion booked it. I just wanted to see it. 
I love the Royal Rumble. I I, I, I think back, and me and my brother-in-law, we were talking about top Royal Rumble moments, and number one in my book is the 1992 Royal Rumble. Rick Flair coming in at number three and hearing Bobby Heaton go, damn it, and just (laughs) Gorilla and Bobby during that whole 60-minute broadcast for that match, and Flair just being Flair, him winning the title. I remember I was, you know, I was a big Hulk Hogan mark when I was growing up. I didn't know any better. Uh, uh, My dad's like, Flair walks out, my dad's like, he's winning. I'm like, get the hell out of here, Rick Flair's winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's, but there's two Royal Rumble moments that stick out to mind. And when you're going back in the 90s, there's two of them that stick out to mind. Flair winning the strap, and nobody moves. Hogan and the Warrior. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> nobody Flair, moves. Uh, Flair big Royal Rumble was, that, bars, that was phenomenal. War games, war games is awesome. I like the uh, Survivor Series, the the gimmick ten man tags, um, ladder matches. I like the twenty man, matches. the the ten tag teams, the clusterfuck. Oh yeah, with those yeah, were fun. The, well, that's demolition man, <laughs> demolition. Yeah, that was fun. Switched switched roles in nineteen eighty eight the Survivor Series in that match. Yeah, they did when uh, Mr. Fuji turned on them. Yeah, they switched yep. roles. They pulled an Austin Bret Hart. Of course, fans really didn't notice. Well, I think the fans were already behind Demolition at that point. I remember when they beat Strike Force with the belt at WrestleMania. There was a loud pop. Yeah, they were. Um, they were Alex, this version of LOD. So, you think they were? You think they were LOD ripoff? I don't think they were ripoff. I thought they were just they were just the alternative. Uh, oh know, yeah, Barry Darso and Bill Eighty were. Uh, Bill Eighty was an accomplished wrestler, was a mass superstar. And, you know, he just, the Mass Superstar wasn't going to get over when Vince was doing Titan back in the 80s. He just wasn't going to get over. And Barry Darso, a lot of charisma. But, you know, that's where it ends. I thought, uh, yeah, everyone kind of says Demolition was a LOD ripoff. And I didn't I didn't get that at all. I, I definitely see Powers of Pain as being LOD ripoff. But I didn't see Demolition being an LOD ripoff at all. For some reason, like, I can see similarities, but it just never came to me as, we had a ripoff. Right. Hey, Z, you were trying to get a point across. Go ahead. Oh, yes. Um, in 87, when they first did the War Games, um, David, have you seen the handheld footage of the the War Games that they did in the Orange Bowl? No, I have not. Okay, because when they put out, when when Crockett put out the commercial tape for the Bash Great American Bash, 87, yeah. they had that match. It was a commercial, uh, the commercial footage. And I've seen the actual handheld. Someone had a handheld down next to the cage. And oh, really? it's right up in there. And you can, it's it's right outside the cage, and you can see the guys go in. And it's, it's tremendous footage. But um, it's kind of a, kind of a different look as opposed to the yeah. commercial. But, uh, yeah, the War Games was fun stuff, too. I mean, those were just great. You know, you knew Arn was going to get killed because he always started. <laughs> hey, you know, one of my always... favorite War Games matches was uh, not. Don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, but no, 1992. 1992. Death of Pillman. Huh? Was that the death of Pillman? No, that was 91. no. That was ninety one. Yeah, ninety one was ninety two. Yeah. Was the Sting Squadron against the Dangerous Alliance, and uh, with Austin Sabisco Eaton. Anderson, and um, um, fuck, one more. I forget the other guy. 
against uh, Nikita Koloff, the Steiner, Sting, and uh, Steamboat. Uh, but I remember the finish, uh, Sabisco, uh, the beautiful Bobby had taken the turnbuckle pad off, and they took they unhooked the turnbuckle from the post, and they used it, and, uh, you know, they missed, and Sting put the fucking the arm bar on the guy, uh, on either Eaton or Sabisco, whoever got hit with it. It was Sabisco. He tapped out. There's the fucking arm bar. <laughs> and uh, just tremendous match. And, of course, the big story then was could Nikita Koloff and Sting get together? And at one point, somebody went for a splash, and they tried to hit Sting, and Nikita pushed Sting out of the way, and he took the fall. Oh, it was Rick Rude. Rick Rude was the other guy. He was the leader of Team Dangerous Alliance. One of the worst war games. It was either 95 or the last one they did where it was every man for itself. I want to hear your opinion. Well, actually, the, the are you talking about the last pay-per-view version or the last war games? Because they did a war games here in Dallas in 2000. Is that the one you're speaking of? No, no, not the, not the war games 2000. Are you talking about the one they did in Nitro? I'm talking about the, one, the last one they did on pay-per-view that uh, DDP got the title shot. That was absolutely... Uh, Absolutely horrid. Uh, actually, the worst, worst war games, I think, has to go to 1994. Oh, yes. The, the, the Rhodes family and the Nasty Boys against Colonel Ugh. Parker Stud Stable. Ugh. Yeah, you said that was worse than the 95 uh, Hogan's Army against the Dungeon of Doom? Uh, well, that wasn't, that wasn't war games. Worst Oh, just the war games, just the war games, not the total pay-per-view, just the war games. And, uh, yeah, the total, because uh, the, the pay-per-view in 95, it had two awesome matches. Johnny B. Bad and Brian Pillman opened up the show, and it mm-hmm. had the first player Arn Anderson singles match. Oh, yes. So, uh, but yeah, that was terrible. The Dungeon of Doom shit was absolutely <laughs> horrid. But no, we got free tickets. We got 10 free tickets to Nitro in 2000. They were giving them away. You couldn't fucking, you couldn't sell them. But they were giving them away, and the only reason we went was because Raw was on tape delay that night from Cali. So we went uh-huh. to fucking, by the time we went to Nitro, and they were advertising the big triple gimmick cage. So we went to Nitro, and we saw that. Atrocious. Atrocious. Absolutely <laughs> atrocious. And then the only reason right. we really went was because Great Muda was going to be there, and we wanted to see the Great Muda. Of course, he jobbed out like in a minute and a half. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, you got to see Vince running... Russo come out to Iron Man. <laughs> oh, God. Barf. All right, boys, we're running down our to our last minute. So, uh, MySpace backslash Vengeance David Fuller. That's the website. Dave, thanks for coming on for a short notice. I really appreciate you covering my ass again, brother. <laughs> hey, anytime. Uh, let me know about next week. I want to come on here and talk about Insane Harker Wrestling, if that's cool. You got it, brother. You got it. We'll All right. You on. Alex, thanks. Thanks for the phone call. Y'all take care. And all the Rubber Guard listeners, thank you for another wonderful experience. Keep downloading this show and keep making it number one, in my opinion. Thank Thanks, you. Dave. Later, guys. Bye. All right. <clears throat> all right, Alex, we're running down this the last minute of this clusterfuck of a show. Oh. <laughs> Man. Wow. Well, I mean, we had a great show last night, so. Yeah, and we did have a good show last night. But, uh. I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to apologize for my performance. I try to do the best that I can. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, I didn't go out like a punk and turn the show off after half an hour. So we do have loyal listeners that listen. So, um, looks like you're working this weekend, Alex. 
Yeah, I am. Got a the big third match coming up. Wow, that, that's promo. weird to say. How about, um, how about a quick 10-second promo on Lakura? Oh, man, I'm all promoed out. Just come to the show on Saturday and see me wrestle. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's really awesome. I'm still real young in my career. It's my third match. And then uh, a lot of other kids, you know, uh, under uh, under 10 matches. I mean, uh, it's going to be a real good night. The main event's going to be awesome. So at least if you just come out for the main event, which is going to be SoCal Crazy against Chaos. And a lot of people who haven't seen SoCal Crazy, check out that match with him and Adam Pierce. It's an amazing, amazing match. And then buy the DVD when it comes out. And uh, just support your local wrestling scene. If you're from San Diego, the California, Southern California area, support San Diego. Because, uh, you know, we, we, we want fans, you know. And uh, we're just trying to give to the fans. So ain't nobody getting rich off this crap, except for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why he's my sponsor. So I get a little a little trickle-down effect of that. So. But, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'll have to plug the sponsor again, um, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, DVDs, masks, whatever you need. He also is the exclusive distributor of the SoCal Pro Wrestling DVD library, which he's also the owner of that company. So uh, go on by, give him your money. Uh, tell him KZ from Rubber Guard Radio sent you. Um, I think we're running down out of time here, Alex. It's good talking oh. to you, brother, and I uh, I will talk to you on the air next week. Um, I'm going to be doing the Tomaselli show myself tomorrow. So. All right, I'll be at training, so keep it easy. All right, brother, we will talk to you next week. And listeners, remember, check out the Tomaselli's tomorrow afternoon. Later.